How many's got the victory today? <laughs> yeah. You know, you you don't look at you don't look at what's going on your in your life to declare the victory. You look at what's going on in the Word to declare the victory. Amen. If you look at what's going on in your life, well, sometimes it's good stuff and sometimes not so good. And uh, so if you're if you're motivated by that, you're going to be up and down, aren't you? You're going to. Like a lot of Christians are like that. One day they got the victory. They're shouting, praising the Lord. The next day they're dragging, dragging a leg down the aisle somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, so we want to stay static with victory. Amen. Static. In other words, it's just an even line. Praise God. In fact, it increases. We go from glory to glory, from victory to victory. I appreciated, uh, Sister Marie's uh, testimony this morning, because it goes right along with what I'm preaching. And um, and uh, she came and told me that before I told her what I was preaching. So we didn't have any collaboration or uh, colluding. There was no colluding. It was uh, it's all above board. Amen. With the with the Holy Spirit direction. And uh, it's interesting, too, because I'm going to preach on confession. This morning and I preach about, uh, I call it heart and mouth faith, heart and mouth, because those are the two things that the word continually talks about is that we hook our, our mouth up with our heart and not with just hook it up to our mind. My Lord, you ever had somebody say, well, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind and you've said, and you think, I don't know how many pieces you have left. You should maybe hold on to them, you know, for you give a piece of your mind. Uh, you might need that piece, you know, for later to like cross the street with or something. But, uh, we don't hook up our mouth with our mind because some, our, sometimes, like I said, our mind can be fickle and flaky. At one minute we think a good thought, and the next minute we think something horrible that we would be horrified if somebody knew what went, ran through our head. So, you know, we, we don't hook our mouth up with our with our mind, and we don't certainly don't hook it up with our bodies or how we feel, because that can change from time to time and moment to moment. And uh, so, but we want to hook it up with our heart because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and our heart is lined up. If we're born again, Jesus is our Savior. Our heart is lined up with God's heart and God's will. And it was interesting that I'm preaching today on uh, heart and mouth faith or confession. But we sang a lot of songs about God's faithfulness, didn't we? We sang, great is thy faithfulness. We talked about the goodness of God. We talked about, you know, who, you know, who God is a good, good father. He's faithful. Amen. And because of that, because of God's faithfulness to his own word, uh, inspires us to have faith inspires us to believe, inspires us to call those things which be not as though they were, inspires us to agree. And really what uh, Marie, and Maurice, if I may continue to use her testimony as a little launch pad here today, uh, what, she, what she really said was, I just simply started agreeing with what God had already said about me. Yeah. And so oftentimes us word of faith people we're going to try to make something happen, or if I say it enough times, 
uh, I want to just do like a little disclaimer here on confession teaching, because a lot of times it turns into dead works. People almost become chanters, like they're chanting the same thing over and over and over again and expecting, you know, maybe if I chant it enough or say it enough, it'll happen. Almost like, you know, uh, just repetitive prayers, which the word says is the same as the heathen does. Just sit and chant and chant and chant and chant. Well, we don't want to become chanters, but only are trying to get God to do something because of our much saying. But we're saying what the word says about us in agreement with the word. So faithful God, who we've been singing about today and praying to and praising about and talking about, faithful God has called us blessed, has called us healed, has called us prosperous, has called us victorious, has called us in our right mind. (laughs) Amen. How many know that's important, your right mind? And uh, a lot of people don't have their right mind today, and uh, it's a good thing to have it and to think clearly and to be able to maneuver all all things, natural and spiritual. Amen? You can be wise in every area. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. So praise God, What when we have a teaching on faith and confession, we're really all in the world that we're saying is, and all the wor- all in the world that the Bible is saying, is agree with your father. What does your father say about you? And whatever that is, that's what I'm going to say. If the Lord calls me healed, I'm healed. When was I healed? Technically, I was healed at Calvary over 2,000 years ago. Amen. The Bible said Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains by his stripes. We're going to someday be healed when he decides to do it and he's decided you've suffered long enough. No, <laughs> we were healed. Amen. The minute he fulfilled that call on his life to be the sacrifice for the world um, is when he took all those things for us. Amen. So we don't have to bear it. Isn't that good? We don't have to bear it. We don't have to pray that prayer. Lord, help me to bear this. He's not going to help you. You know what? God can't answer that prayer. I'm going to say that again. God can't answer that prayer. It's impossible in light of the finished work of Jesus. He's not going to help you struggle to bear what Jesus bore. And a lot of Christians think they've really got the badge of something. <laughs> what martyrdom, I suppose, that, well, uh, I, I asked the Lord to take this pain from me, this disease, this illness. I asked him to take it, and uh, but I told him if he didn't want to take it, just at least help me to bear it better. Well, he's not going to help you bear it because he uh, Jesus already bore it. it. So the Lord can't, that's one prayer the Lord can't answer very easily. He's not going to help you bear something that is called a curse by him. Preach, Pastor. And um, we need to we need to get away from all that religiousness as as quickly as possible because it does not help you. It doesn't help you any in any way, and it especially doesn't help you with God. You you don't get an extra set uh kind of a, a saint sticker on your house in heaven or something for that. Well, they were willing to bear. Trouble and trial, so they're they're a better saint than I was on earth. No, 
No, I don't know. They might have to go back to Sunday school up there. I don't know, somewhere. All right. Well, don't get me started. Too late. Genesis, I'm trying to help you. Amen. And, uh, you know, some folks just want to hang on to all that old time stuff. Hang on to God puts you through the suffering. Um, and you know what I say to that? Knock yourself out. Let us know how that goes for you. Uh, doesn't matter to me. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of anything or talk anybody into anything. Amen. But as pastor of the church, I am commissioned by the Lord to feed the sheep. <laughs> and so I'm going to feed you. I'm not going to feed you poison. Uh, I'm going to feed you good things from the word of God. Amen. How many know there's a lot of good things in the word? Amen. It's God's, God's good book, good of good stuff, goodies, the, the goodie bag. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, have you got your Bible there? We're just gonna, gonna just plow through some of this. Now, most, most of you that are sitting here today, and maybe a lot of you watching on the internet, you'll notice that these are not brand new thoughts. These are not you know, uh, heavy revies that came from uh, too much spaghetti the night before. People say, I was up all night. Well, was it God or the devil? It should be one or the other, you know. All right. I was not up all night. I slept very well. Hallelujah. So these are not uh, musings from craziness. All right. Look at Genesis 2. And we're going to look at Kind of the question of what are we calling things? What are we saying about ourselves? What are we saying about our life? The first time I heard this kind of teaching was in 1970 in Augusta, Georgia, at the Crawford Avenue Church of God. Our guest evangelist, his name was Kenneth Hagan. E. Hagan. Kenneth E. Hagan. <laughs> and he came to our church and started teaching this. <laughs> and the first time I heard it, I was, I was, by the time I was 12 years old, I was always, I was already religious. By the time I was 12, I had an, a religious argument against faith. Can you imagine that? Because you grow up in that atmosphere, you know, of doubt and unbelief. And I remember, and the frustrating thing is our denomination, the Church of God, which is the oldest Pentecostal denomination in the world, uh, would fight you over believing God for divine healing. You know, I mean, we believed in divine healing, anointing with oil, praying for the sick. How many that grew up a little Pentecostal, you might know that, that that was the, that was part of our persecution even, took persecution for that. But then when it came down to faith to receive that, it was, well, you just never know what the Lord's going to do. You know, sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's maybe, sometimes it's wait, sometimes it's hold your breath, cross your fingers, turn purple, you know, whatever. You just never know. You just never know. You know, God, one, so I came up with the concept that God's schizophrenic because, you know, one minute he does, or bipolar at least, you know, you know, you just never know. If you got manic God or depressed God, which one you got, you know? And you don't know, you don't ever know. Well, all that stuff that I just said, I don't have time to unpack all that. Cause if I do, I can't preach this. I, I don't have time to do both. 
but I'll, but you've heard me enough preach to undo all that is it's, it's, um, it's either ignorance of the word or it's dishonesty because you can't have either way. You have to either believe the Bible or you might as well just put it on the shelf and just believe what you want to make it up. This is what grandma said. This is what mama said, right? This is what my church that I grew up in said. So there we have it. But um, my argument on confession, back to Augusta, um, my argument on confession was, well, it doesn't, because I'd heard this said over and over, Sunday school teachers, everybody, said, well, it doesn't matter what you say, it's what's in your heart that counts. Anybody ever heard that? It doesn't matter what you say, God looks on the heart. Well, God does look on the heart, but he looks on the mouth, too, because he said something about it. And the heart and the mouth are together, and you if you want to know the truth, again, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So don't say, I'm saying one thing, but believe in another. Because whatever you're believing is going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> Hallelujah. And kind of give yourself away. So, you know, it doesn't work like that. Well, it doesn't matter what I have in my, in my, in my mouth. It's what I've got in my heart. But it's the same. Actually, actually, at the end of the day, so to speak, it's the same thing. So, um, we need to, how do you change what you have in your heart? Well, the Bible says, and we're going to look at this in a minute, in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So guess what? Fear comes by hearing too. Fear comes by hearing and hearing CNN, Fox, and whoever else, uh, usually. Not against watching TV or having the news on, but you gotta temper it with the word. Amen? And, uh, and say, hey, the, Jesus said, don't be shocked when these things come. It's a shocking heart, my God, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what, what's going on is the world is going on. And the Bible says that as we approach the end times, these things will happen. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be dismayed. Don't freak out. Just go, well, yep, there it is. Bible prophecy being fulfilled. You know? All right, I could get political right there, but I decided not to. Pull it back. You never know who's here. Might be the vice president for the local Democratic Party. We don't want to offend them. All right, they'll start a march. and Whatever. Uh, uh, anyway, it's, uh, let's see what the Lord said about what we call things, what we say. Genesis 2:19. out of the ground, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam. I love this to see what he would call them. To see what Adam would call them. Now look at this. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And I'm going to say forever. Amen. Now obviously it wasn't in, in the King's English that he called these things. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know what language Adam spoke. We don't, nobody really knows, but it was something pre, it's pre-Hebrew, it's pre-whatever. But whatever language that eventually, as linguistically you follow down the line, um, you end up with whatever he called it, and that's got translated. So whatever in his language he called it is the reason we, when we say lion, we don't picture Porky the pig. 
Amen? We don't picture a giraffe when you say rhinoceros. The neck size is a little different there. So the thing is, is we call these things what they are because Adam named them. People say, the Lord named them. No, the Lord did not name them. Adam did. The Bible says he did. And that the Lord brought the animals before Adam to name them. What a cool thing that Adam got to do. Isn't that pretty cool? God says, I've got, I got all these creatures that I've made. And if you don't think the Lord didn't know how to organize them to lead them in front of Adam, then you've never read the account of Noah's Ark because he organized them there, put some kind of a internal GPS tracking where every species said we're heading to the cruise ship. Don't even have to pay for parking. <laughs> so off they go to the to the boat. So if the Lord knew how to organize them then, he could organize them on day one, couldn't he? Of create first week of creation. That way we got all these creatures, animals, and you gotta name them here. So Adam, knock yourself out. Now if that I'll tell you that's another whole message. But if that doesn't show God intended for man to have dominion on this earth, I don't know what I don't know what else. Amen. He said, You're gonna be the one managing this, managing these animals, taking care of my kingdom. So I'm going to let you name them. Praise God. Well, I like it that whatever Adam said, called them, that's what the Lord called them. This is one of my most exciting sermons that I like to preach. Because it reminds me to not curse myself. Like I told you, there was this one, there's this one guy that businessman who used to do some business with, real estate things. Uh, in another city and, and every time he'd come in the door, you know, you'd say, he'd say something like, I'll be damned. Well, I'll just be damned. I'll be, you ever heard anybody talk like that? I'll be damned. And I kept saying to him, why don't you stop saying that? He had accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior also. I knew that he had become a believer, but I said, why don't you stop saying I'll be damned? Because if you do, you're going to be. Stop saying, why don't you say I'll be blessed? I'll be put over. Amen. I'll be helped. Uh, well, I'll be damned. Well, okay, I'll agree with you. Damned you are. Whether two agree as such as anything, it shall be done. I mean, it's about that bad. Well, would you walk around saying, well, I'll just be poverty stricken? Well, who wants to say that? Well, I'll just be broke. I'll be sick. I'll be killed. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be murdered. I'll be whatever. No, you'd wonder about you. I don't know if I want to hang around you very, very much talking like that unless we can change it somehow. Amen. So whatever Adam called it and the Bible tells us, too, that whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And what that literally means is whatever we God does, whatever we say, whatever we say about it, heaven agrees with it. Don't everybody shout at once. Because it's easier to live in Calvinism. It's easier to live in, well, whatever happens is for a reason, and God, you never know. Kesara, Sarah. Welcome to the first church of Kesara, Sarah. Whatever happens, happens, and God had a reason. 
you know, on down the line. Well, it would just be, <laughs> I don't know. There's just no authority in that. There's no, you don't have a part. That If that was the case, God would have never told Adam to name the animals. He just says, here's their names, read it and weep. Praise the Lord. Um, I want you to look now at Hebrews, because see, God, whatever we find out about God, how many think we ought to be in the church talking about God? Like in this room with pews and everything. We should be talking about God, don't you think? And not uh, current events. I don't want to come to church and talk about current events from the pulpit. Now, we might pray about current. We do. We do. We prayed about COVID. We've prayed about Afghanistan. We've prayed about a lot of issues. We pray about those, but we're not going to preach about those. We're going to preach the word and talk about God in God's house. That might be just a great idea. And, uh, I had, I, I saw one person, there was one issue, I don't even want to say the issue because I don't want people thinking about it, but there was one hot issue, you know, in the world a few months back and didn't have anything to do with COVID or whatever, something else, uh, a big issue in the country. And, and there was a, pre, a pastor or two that went on Facebook rebuking all pastors who do not have services talking about this one issue. And I said, no, we are not called to preach the issue. We're called to preach the gospel. And from the gospel, you can then go deal with the issue out in the world. Amen? But this is not CNN here or, or, or ABC, NBC, whatever. XYZ. This is the sacred desk. About the only book I want to see up on this desk, unless it's something we're quoting from, is the Bible. I don't want the pastor to come with the New York Times, you know, open it up and read the op-ed. If I have an opinion, I want it to be from God in here, in this house. Amen. And you can treat your house with the same level of respect that you do the house of God and say, if anything gets declared inside these four walls that I own or rent or have authority over, it's going to be what the thus saith the Lord. Amen. Well, Dr. Fauci said he's not, he's not in this book anywhere. He might be in the book of Revelations. Don't, don't, let's not go there. All right. Uh, one of the nine headed beasts or something. I don't know. Uh, gratuitous slap, that's called. Hebrews 3, 11, 3. Now see, so everything about God needs to be consistent. We have to have a consistency about believing and understanding who He is, His nature, His character, what He will do, what He won't do. And so we, we have to have a consistency. So the Bible says in Genesis, we don't, don't go back to Genesis, stay here at Hebrews. But in Genesis, you know, the Bible starts off with mouth and heart. And God is our example. God said and it was so. God said and it was so. God said it and he saw that it was good. What happened? He's, (laughs) 
I'm getting ahead of myself here because we're going to jump in a minute to Mark 11:22. But when God, when Jesus said, "Have the God kind of faith," He's talking about the faith that comes from the heart and the mouth hooked up together. And God the Father, Hallelujah, showed us that from day one. He said, and it was so. I had Sunday school teachers that told me that when God created the earth, he took a big ball of clay and he smashed it around. And then he took his finger and made the rivers and he smooshed up and made the mountains. That's not how God created the earth with his big giant fingers. (laughs) God made the earth with his mouth and his heart. And it says so right here. And I wish that we could get this. We're going to get it and we're getting it. Amen. But we're going to get this to operate like our father. Have you ever seen a little boy about three years old following his dad up the street? And if the dad walks kind of funky, you know, usually fathers will play with their kids like this, you know, like walk with one foot in the gutter or something like that, you know, crazy. And if you turn around, you see that little three-year-old, especially four, five, maybe five. After that, they're too cool to do anything. But about that age they'll they'll copy the dad they'll copy the dad or they'll want to wear a hat like grandpa's or they'll copy the father the grandfather the 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 paternal um you know person in their life they'll copy that right and and want to follow along behind behind that well you know what it's all right for us to imitate god and in fact the bible tells us to be imitators of god Whatever God, people say, sing to you, they like Jesus, that's all I ask. Well, you are like Jesus. Start confessing that you are like him. So you say, what would Jesus do? He, he said what he would do. He says, I do what my father does. So how did God create this world with a giant ball of Play-Doh and a finger? No. (laughs) Hebrews 11, 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Worlds were framed by the Word of God, not the finger of God. Not the all-seeing eyeball of God. <laughs> the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Which that means God had an idea in his mind and in his heart, and he spoke it out, and he said, let there be light, light be, basically is what he said, and light appeared. Amen. And he said, let the waters be separated on the earth. So it's not just one big ball of water. Let the water be separated. Let some of the land show forth. And he did. And it happened exactly like he said. He said, let us make man in our own image. Amen. So God spoke everything out by his word. Is this helping you to see your life? See, 
You call. You say what it's going to be. You say if there's going to be health or not. You say if there's going to be prosperity or not. Amen? Well, I did that once. It didn't work. Yes, it did. You've been saying it didn't work longer than you have. It does work, and it's working. (laughs) The trouble with faith and confession and authority is it works too well. That's our problem. I, 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 I wish I could take credit for that quote. It sounds so powerful. Jerry Savelle said that, so I'm copying. Okay, God bless you, Jerry. Praise the Lord. How many can see what's happening here? God's talking about how to create something better than what you have. How many would like an upgrade, an improvement, some areas and some things? Amen. Keep calling it the same as God. Keep saying what the Lord says about it. Sister Marie in her testimony today, she said, I kept, I started saying what really happened, which was this is a finished work. And as a result, her body and her systems for all that begin to fall in line. All right, look at Romans 10. Romans 10, praise God. Y'all getting anything out of this at all? Romans 10. Uh, and ver- let's, let's actually start at verse 8. We're going to read uh, three verses, 8, 9, and 10. But what saith it, what does the word say, basically? The word is nigh thee, even in the mouth of the Lord who decides. Is that what it says? No, in thy mouth. You think thy mouth means your mouth? (laughs) If you personalize this, you could say, the word is nigh thee even in my mouth. And in my heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, you could do a fill-in-the-blank there for any confession that would line up with the word. You could say, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that he hath borne your sicknesses, and carried your pains, you shall be healed. Or, for uh, some, some other need that you might have. Amen? So, it says, for with the heart, now this is, this is across the board. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The heart man believeth, again, the title of our message, heart and mouth faith, with the heart you believe and with the mouth you confess. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Amen. Ashamed of what? Ashamed of these facts. Ashamed that this works. 
I've had people say, how can I believe God with you? And I knew them well enough to know that they can't. If I told them what I was believing for, they'd freak out. So I've said to people like Brother Hagin used to, he said, don't worry about it. <laughs> he said, how about you just remain neutral? <laughs> just don't fight me. Amen. Some folks, that's what you have to say. Just don't fight me. Amen. I'm going to believe God and, and, uh, and you're going to just agree that the word works for me. <laughs> right? Because if you told some folks what you were believing for, they'd think you were crazy. Well, they might think I'm crazy to start with, but there's no laughter, so people obviously do think I'm crazy. <laughs> Lord, let him realize it and get help. Okay. Uh, so I do want you to jump down. We just have to. It's just like, we have to. To verse 17, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, and I also like to say there, it's, it's, a, it's a principle that works for everything. Fear comes by hearing. Uh, anger comes by, you know, a lot of things come by what we hear. That's why we have to guard what we hear. Amen. I've been, I've been, I've been, sometimes I'll look at something on Facebook or whatever, social media, and, and, and there's a video that comes on and I can tell by just the beginning nature of it, it's just not something I want to hear. This is not something I want to view or watch with my eyes. This is not anything I want to, because, why? Because it take, it, 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 it'll plant its seed in there somewhere. And if you kept on with that, you, you'd almost get a belief system going with it. All right. Glad this is going over so big today. Well, so back to that little 12-year-old boy, pastor's son, sitting in Augusta. Brother Hagen kept preaching. He put out these, these scriptures we're going to now. Go to Mark 11:22. We go to these scriptures. Every morning and every night. And I got to thinking, is that the only thing this poor man knows? Because, you know, we're used to some humdinger preachers in those days. Patent leather shoes, polyurethane hair. Sweat their suit down, walk on the backs of the pews all the way front and back. Fly around the room. Crank up the Hammond organ, get some tambourines going. We'd freak out, man. Brother Hagin's up here, standing behind the pulpit like this with his arms down. Well, turned in a Bible, Mark 11, 23. You know, I'm thinking, who has my dad booked here for this evangelistic meeting? But thank God, he knew. You know what he told my father? My dad invited him to come preach, and he said, I'll come on one condition. He said, what? We have to have two services a day, and I won't stay any less than 10 days. Well, the way the weekends worked out, because we'd always take Saturday night off and extended meetings. So the way the weekend worked out, I think it ended up being actually nine days of meetings, because that first Saturday got skipped, you know. 
but we had nine days of meetings and two services a day. And uh, he said, now the reason, Brother Hagin told my father, the reason I got to stay that long is not because I need somewhere to preach. I got plenty of places to preach. He says, I need that long to teach the doubt and unbelief out of your people. <laughs> and you know what? After I saw it, it was true. I mean, folks, he would just read scripture and folks would be mad. Because they add the, uh, they add the Pentecostal version of Vatican one and two <laughs> to the scripture, which is what we have. We have that in word of faith too. That, you know, you, you, you preach on certain subjects and folks say, yeah, but, you know, I gotta, you know, the yabbits. You know, the trouble with yabbits is they breed like rabbits. So you preach on, you know, you preach on righteousness or grace and the yabbits want to come out with, yeah, but what about sin? Say, we just dealt with sin. Jesus dealt with sin on the cross. Amen. Don't be sin conscious, but afraid you're going to leave that part out and get up and add to it. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Well, we had yeah, buts. Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your pains. Yeah, but sometimes it's not his will to heal. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, Pentecostal people could warble it out, you know, warble the yabbit out. Well, sometimes, you know, whatever. Well, it's, it's, it's bad doctrine with your warbling is what that is. You know, it doesn't make it any better because you warble it. It doesn't make it any better if you say, thus saith the Lord and hikimo shandai it and interpret it and it's still bad. Amen. You can't, you, you understand you cannot fix wrong. You have to just start over. And so as a kid, I'm just, I'm going into teenager. In fact, I had my 13th birthday was during Brother Hagin's meeting, February 8th, 1970. <laughs> and I'm, I'm turned, I turned 13. And so I remember just every morning and every night, you know, I got out of school a little bit to go to the meetings, but every morning and every night, the same scriptures over and over these that I'm about to share. Until it finally brainwashed me. I'm brainwashed by faith people. Because my brains needed washing from all that religion that got put into me. Now, I thank God for my Pentecostal heritage. Don't get me wrong. I mean, my great-great-grandmother wore her hair in a knot and spoke in tongues and didn't shave her neck. Had them hair sticking out. God hates razors on women. But, uh, and nair, nairs of the devil. But, uh, I, I will tell you that I, I, uh, so I, I thank God for my Pentecostal heritage. Thank God for the gospel that was preached. People got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost way before charismatics even knew what that was. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for my, my heritage, my legacy, my background and everything. But with it came some baggage. You understand that? A lot of people say, well, I grew up Lutheran, I grew up Presbyterian, I grew up Catholic, whatever. Hey, there's some good things that you can bring, some respect and some honor and some 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 gospel from some of that. Amen? But you don't bring the baggage with you. Leave the baggage, bring the good stuff, and leave the trash. Amen? And a lot of full gospel people have a hard time with letting go of the trash. They, they, they love... 
the move of the Spirit. They love healing. They love the gifts of the Spirit, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, all that. They love all that, but they also like the trash that goes with it. we got to let go of the trash. Amen? That's not, what's trash? Anything that doesn't agree with the Bible. Well, surely there's not anything in the church that doesn't agree with the Bible. Oh, yeah? How many hours you got? We got a lot of stuff that got made up. Amen. By people that just wanted to control somebody else. I hope you're getting something for this. I'm sweating. I'm preaching. I leave my coat on so you can't see how much weight I've gained last week. I'm hiding. Love covers a multitude of sin. All right. Uh, let's read this before the Baptists beat us to the cafeteria. Mark 11, uh, 22, Jesus answering unto him said, Have faith in God. And in the margin of even the King James Bible, it says, Or have the faith of God, or the God kind of faith. It's interesting to look at it from that viewpoint, because what is the God kind of faith? Well, it's the kind that we just read about in Romans 10, that says with the mouth and believes with the heart. Amen? And, and he said unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, He shall have whatsoever the Lord wants him to have, nothing more, nothing less. Is that what it says? Because his will and providential blah, blah, blah. No, he shall have whatsoever he, the man who's talking, says. The same thing about what God says is what he says. Well, this is just Christian scientists. Well, you know, there's some points there, but it's not, because it's not like mind over matter. We're agreeing with Jesus here. What, are you going to argue with them? Now, I had even relatives who would say to me during the great days of the faith movement, well, this is just name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. And I said, well, what do you think Jesus meant by saying you have what you say? What part of that needs translating? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Did he mean it or not? Well, if he didn't mean that, what else did he didn't mean? Amen? I'm, I'm just sticking with Jesus. You, you, you pick whoever you like. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. But I'm going to have what Jesus said. And do it his way. Amen? And then he's added the prayer of faith, which is what, again, Marie was talking about earlier in her testimony. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, right then and there, at the prayer time. Really, you only have to pray in the prayer of faith, you really only have to pray and believe you receive once. You don't keep chanting this. You just receive it and say, it's mine. And every time you think about it, you praise the Lord that when I prayed... I believed that I received it. Amen? And it says, and you might have them if it's the Lord's will and John Calvin votes for it and whoever. No, you shall have them. Amen? Praise the Lord. You shall have them. Why? Because you've obeyed the word. 
Some grace people don't like the word obey, but there's a truth to it. Amen. We There is an obedience, isn't there? Isn't there an obedience to the word of the Lord? Isn't there an obedience to faith? There, uh, what, uh, does faith have requirements? Does faith have demands? Yes. But praise God, with the help of the Holy Spirit and our own desires being lined up with the word and wanting to do the will of God, we can get in line with that and God will help us meet faith's demands. Praise the Lord. I tell you, I've corrected my mouth before. I've just been, you know, horsing around or something. I'll say something weird to Scarlett about myself or whatever. And um, I'll say, you know what? I shouldn't say that. That's a bad confession. I change that right now in Jesus' name. Even if I'm kind of just, you know, joking or something. You can have a little of that, but, you know, you don't have to freak out. But on the other hand, a little of that goes a long ways, doesn't it? If you keep saying something over and over, you might believe it even if it is funny. Like I was thinking today when I was preparing this message uh, in my heart, I, I thought about this lady that I know uh, who kept saying to her word of faith, you know, relative or niece or whatever, these brakes on this Buick's going to kill me one day. I swear, she said, I swear these brakes are going to be my death. And this laugh because she'd press them and they wouldn't quite, you know, everybody ever, ever had brake trouble, you know, that doesn't quite catch when you want it. And it, it rolls forward another 15 feet and then stops. So these brakes, I swear, these brakes are going to be the death of me. And did you know that one day she was in an accident that killed her? And they, when the insurance, you know, examined the car, they said, cause of accident, brake failure. She she spoke it on herself. Well, that's just weird, isn't it, brother? Wonder why the Lord chose to take her at that time in that way. Was because she cursed herself. It had nothing to do with the Lord deciding. You understand? If somebody jumps off the Skyway Bridge, and then people will say, "Well, I don't know why the Lord." Chose that way to do, you know, the Lord didn't, they did. Well, he allowed it to happen. Well, well, that's crazy. He allowed it to happen. He allowed a lot of stuff to happen by creating the earth and putting people on it. He gives us a free will. That is so weird. But they want to blame everything on God. Listen, I, I'll tell you, I'm going to blame some stuff on God right now. Let's blame God. I'm ready. Here we go. I blame God for my salvation. I blame God for my righteousness. I blame God for divine help and divine uh, provision and prosperity. I blame God for peace and victory and joy and happiness and favor. I'm blaming God. You know, I've got good things going on in my life. And I'll tell you, I don't know who's responsible for this, all good things, but I'm blaming God for it. Hallelujah. Well, who do you think you are? I think I'm exactly what this Bible says that I am and who the Bible says that I am. Can you say amen? amen. Now, you know, those scriptures there, We, I gave you enough gospel just in Romans 9 and 10 to get saved. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know all you have to do is say, 
I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I uh, I receive his cleansing power in my life. Amen. I accept him. And I call myself righteous based on the finished work of the cross. I mean, I mean, is a, a confession that simple can put you smack dab into the kingdom of God. Amen. We don't have to have a big drawn out thing, you know, play the organ an hour and beg and plead and blow snot. Praise the Lord. You can just receive. Amen. Whatever you need from the Lord. Same with healing. Same with anything that you need from God. Amen. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer for us here and on the uh, Internet in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that this truth is real, Romans uh, 10, 9, and 10. And we thank you that we receive uh, those things. We thank you, Lord, for confession. It brings us what you have already provided. And in Jesus' name... Lord, those that are watching by Internet, I thank you, Lord, that whatever their need is, I thank you for meeting that right now. And in the congregation, Lord, if there's anyone that needs a healing, a miracle touch, I thank you that you are touching them right now. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and uh, uh, any kind of uh, unusual problem, COVID, any other viral thing. Uh, all the variants and the deviants that they're talking about. In Jesus' name, I command those things to fall off, fall by the wayside, be healed and be whole in the name of Jesus from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I thank you, Lord, today for salvation. I thank you for restoration. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for provision. I thank you for supernatural favor and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank Him today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we'll close out with a song once you stand up and uh, sing with me. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey, uh, Jerry do we have... Do we have the um, words to Abraham's blessings or mine at all? Okay, praise God. <laughs> Those of you that have been watching by Internet, we thank you for joining us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this song, Abraham's blessings are mine, because the word says that it's so. <laughs> amen. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed coming in. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. 
I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed coming in. Abraham's blessings are mine. Amen. You may be dismissed. God bless you.